Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, A message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. So let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jim Wallace, who founded an organization called Sojourners, which looks at the interface of politics and religion, writes about a time he was in South Africa observing the fall of apartheid. He writes, when the South African government canceled a political rally against apartheid, Archbishop Desmond Tutu led a worship service instead in St. George's Cathedral. But this was not a normal worship service. The walls of the cathedral were lined with soldiers and riot police carrying guns and bayonets and in full armor, ready to close this worship service down. But Bishop Tutu began to speak of the evils of the apartheid system, how the rulers and authorities that had propped it up were doomed to fail. He pointed a finger at the very police who were there to record his words. He said, you may be powerful, indeed very powerful, but you are not God. God cannot be mocked. You have already lost. And then, in a moment of unbearable tension, the bishop seemed to soften. Coming out from behind the pulpit, he flashed that radiant tutu smile and began to bounce up and down with glee. He said, therefore, since you have already lost, we are inviting you to join the winning side. The crowd in the service roared, and slowly but surely the police melted away and left the cathedral, and the people who remained began to dance. 
Don't go away, Paul says. Put on your armor and dance. I'm inviting you to join the winning side. But lest we think that this battle of good and evil, like we saw in South Africa, is something new, well, we only need to look at Scripture to see that this battle has been playing out since the beginning of time. Our second lesson helps us to see that Christians have been in this battle since the days of Jesus. And certainly, we're still in that battle at the time Paul was writing these letters to the various churches. But we are not without help, Paul says, because God is with us. You see, the mistake that we make when we think about these spiritual battles is thinking that God can be absent from anywhere or anything. You see, Scripture tells us that God is present in all things. In our joys and in our sufferings, in the holy and even in the not so holy. And we have been promised that we will never be alone. Be strong in the Lord, Paul says, and in the strength of his power. This is a command, an exhortation. We have been given what Paul calls the whole armor of God. This armor, however, is not for the offensive. It's not meant to go on the attack. It's meant for us to be able to withstand on the evil day and to stand firm in our faith. It's defensive. It's meant to protect us from all that comes at us in this world, from all those who want to inflict harm, and even from the devil himself. And these first century Christians would have needed this armor. And in fact, all of them probably had the real armor that's referenced in the lesson. Because at this time, all the Christians were persecuted. They would have been constantly running from the rulers, the elite, the military, the community governors, and even the very religious authorities in the town. Christians at this time had very few friends and lots and lots of enemies. So the whole armor of God, then, is what God has given us to live out our Christian lives in the world. We have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword or the shield of faith, the shoes that act as the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the author goes into extraordinary detail for each piece of the armor and how it fits into the whole picture. And when we think about each individual piece, it's striking that each piece is about defense. The belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet. All of these things protect us from whatever might come our way. And even the sword, which one could make the argument that it's for both offense and defense, is the spirit, the word of God. The sword is not our actions, or our righteousness, or anything that we have done. It's God's Spirit. It's God's Word. And that's who we are to rely on. God, and not ourselves. And as Christians living in the 21st century, living in these United States of America, we have it pretty good. Oh yes, 
The news media and other talking heads would like us to think that we are constantly under attack. That the war on Christmas and the government removing God from this thing and that thing is ruining our country. But, compared to Christians in the Middle East, where you are killed simply for being a Christian by ISIS or some other terrorist organization, well, I'd say we have it a little better than that. For being a Christian in Egypt, where you have a tenuous and constant fear of the government, changing its mind about Christians and then forcing you out of your community and your church, well, we have it better than that. And compared to being a Christian in some parts of Africa, like Nigeria, where hundreds of girls are still missing after Boko Haram kidnapped them from a Church of the Brethren school over a year ago, we have it pretty good. And even the Christians in Ukraine, yes, don't forget about them, even though it's fallen off of the news cycle, they still fear Russia's ever-growing involvement in the region and the political realities of that. We have it better than that. Each of these communities, those who are persecuted and kidnapped, tortured, even martyred for their faith, they have the whole armor of God. And you better believe that these verses mean a whole lot to them because it helps them to remember that they are surrounded and wrapped in the promises of God. And we here in this country have no excuse then to be silent or disinterested in these matters. We have the whole armor of God as well. And we are called to stand in solidarity with those Christians who face constant attacks for their faith. It's why we can't simply stay closed off from the rest of the world, or simply be content in our comfortable lives and in the protections that we receive in the Constitution to practice our faith here as we wish. Because apartheid may be gone, and the Nazi regime may have been toppled, but the battle still rages. The spiritual warfare between good and evil continues in this world, whether we like it or not, whether we really want to hear about it from the pulpit or not. And when we really dive into what other Christians are facing in this world, it makes the issues of spiritual warfare that we deal with in this country seem much less consequential, not like those who literally live or die because of their faith. And the most important part of the armor is not simply a piece, but it surrounds the whole. Prayer. Pray in the Spirit at all times. And in every prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. The power of prayer is God's greatest gift to his people. When we pray for people and with people, things happen even halfway around the globe and we are changed. It's why sometimes... In the prayers of the church, we pray for things that sometimes sound a little odd, or something that is not on our radar, something that we would not put ourselves on our daily prayer list. But this is because we need to be stretched in our own prayer lives, 
to pray for things that are outside of our comfort zones or out of our own circle. The only danger in this practice is that it might move us as individuals or as a congregation in directions and in ways we never thought possible. And no matter where we go or what we do, God is there. God has promised to protect us with armor from all the spiritual evils that would try and bring us down. We are not alone. God is with us. And that means that the church is not alone in this battle. It cannot lose because God is protecting us and guiding us. And our world, our country, and our community will never be without God. Because God never abandons that which God created in the first place. We have the whole armor of God so that we can stand ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Thanks be to God.